Welcome to Side Talks Live. It's a podcast. That's, that's fun, right? No. No. Okay. Well, I tried. To sing. When I say do I'm not singing. You have an audience. You could tap dance. Uh, on this carpet, yeah. It'd be effective. Welcome to Side Talks Live. I'm not going to get up and tap dance. Sam's, um, le- Sam's leaving. Sam, Sam's literally <laughs> walking Sam's out, out of the here. door. Uh, thank uh, you for listening him. to our film-centric podcast. We're about to get started. Um, We're live here we are at the live Sidewalk Cinema. from Women in Film Week. Party. Um, I can hear Madonna coming from the uh, other room there. You got Madonna to come? Yeah, she's here. Wow. She's here. She's got that a, explains why nobody's in the room with us <laughs> she's here She's got today. a bad British accent. She's directing uh, her something out there right now. You know, she... She is literally directing the Madonna biopic. I can't wait for... Which may star Florence Pugh as Madonna. Oh, my God. Which would be cool. It's good casting. I like Florence Pugh. I don't know if I like the idea of Madonna directing a movie about herself. Can you imagine what that looks like? Just picture for one second. We won't have to imagine for much longer. (laughs) It will be in cinemas within the next two years. And I'm genuinely kind of excited to see whatever that's going to be. Do you think that'll make your top 100 list? It would almost have to. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's, um, let's stop this long intro like we like to do and, and get on with it. All right, let's do it. Well, we have a very special segment today. What are we doing, Corey? This was your idea. <laughs> this was my idea. In celebration of Women in Film Week, um, we are going to share our top ten films from female directors. And this was challenging because as I looked at lists of great movies directed by female directors, I realized that there are a lot of movies that are considered like canonically great films by female directors that I just haven't seen yet, like a jackass. And yet, I found it pretty easy to fill a top For ten, because sure. uh, there are a lot of great movies, especially made within the last several years, that I, I really, really love, uh, that were directed by women, and I have a feeling at least a handful and of credited. those. Let's say credited is directed by women, because I want to acknowledge that oftentimes we hear about a lot of, of male directors who um, are perhaps sort of riding the coattails of people who are, you know, rac- actually doing the work. Dang. Call them out. Well, I Call mean, we've talked about Polly Platt. We did talk and, about and, Polly and, Platt. And, and you've admitted that you think Bogdanovich's work was better when he was married to Polly Platt. I mean, that's where we get Paper Moon. That's where we get The Last Picture Show. And then what do we really get from Bogdanovich in his, in his more recent years? A bunch of movies I haven't seen. Polly Platt probably did that work. That's yeah. what everybody yeah. says. So anyway, credited work. And, and, and you know what the statistics, statistics, that's a word I can't say. Can you say statistics. it? Statistics. Statistics say, um, really up until a, a couple of years ago, you're looking at a, at a solid like 95% of, of films directed by men. 95%. And yet we have a list that's hard to put together because there's so many great works by women. Yeah. Despite 95% of films being directed by men up until a few years ago when we get, you know, we get that wonderful like 74%. Uh, directed by men now. Um, so, hey, st- that, that solves all the problems, right? I know. Yeah. You want to start us off with, yeah, uh, with, your, with your number 10, and we'll work a qu- like we do up to number one. So, my number 10, I couldn't believe that this movie was um, so low. And by the way, I tried to restrict this top 10 to one film per director. So I did not do that. Uh, okay, fair enough. Um, which means you might see, um, I guess, some other pieces on your list from from this director i have a feeling this might be on your list my number 10 is sophia coppola's the virgin suicides great film it is not on my list wow but I, it is a it is a glorious poetic beautiful dreamy uh film agreed i think it, uh, in as as time has passed it's it might be my favorite 
Sofia Coppola movie. It's She's my made a lot of really favorite good Sophia movies. Um, I like Lost in Translation a lot. I haven't revisited it. In my a mom's while. mad about Lost in Translation. Still, because of the end. She's still. Oh. I think she's still upset by it. My mom was super mad about the end of Lost yeah. in Translation yeah. too. She was like, "What? What? They don't even tell you what he said to her." She was. She was real mad. Yeah. But Lost in Translation, not on this list. The Virgin Suicides is okay. great movie, great soundtrack. Kirsten Dunst, good stuff. So my number ten uh-huh. is a film that we both have seen together in a theater before we did a little special event we met the filmmaker we rode on a golf cart with her oh yeah uh, threw some she's spiders lovely. At people we threw some spiders at folks this film is most beautiful island from 2017 and director do you want to can you say your name Ana um, Asensio yes yeah. yeah she came to sidewalk with that film it's great it's an amazing and it's a little it's such an efficient little beast too it's like 80 minutes, 84 minutes or something. It's horrifying. If you get the willies uh, seeing images of bugs crawling on people, not the film for you. But it is, uh, it's such a great, and I, you know what I actually think? Just a great film really in the last 10 years to watch because it is in a lot of ways a story of sort of, it's a, like an immigrant story. Yeah. It's in, in, a, in a very different way. Anyway, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing film. That's my number 10. I wish that one had caught on a little bit more than it did. I don't know why it didn't either. Yeah. True ending. It had all this stuff. Highly recommended. What's your number nine? Uh, let me unlock my phone here and see because it went to sleep. My number nine is a film from 2018 from director Deborah Granick. She got a lot of Oscar attention for Winter's Bone, which sort of announced Jennifer Lawrence's star to the world. But I think I prefer her film Leave No Trace uh, a oh, little bit more. Sam? Are you serious? Oh, I'm so serious. During Women in Film Week? I don't care. If I don't like it, I don't like it. I'm not going to lie. Deborah Granick's Leave No Trace is a wonderful character <laughs> study about a, a veteran <laughs> afflicted by PTSD who lives in the wilderness with his teenage daughter, played by Thomas and Mackenzie, a great young star um, who's popped up in a bunch of stuff recently. Um, I didn't like And it. she has uh, some mixed feelings about living in the wilderness off the grid with her dad, it turns out. And this it develops into... A bit of an understated conflict. It's a masterpiece. You're so wrong about oh this. Oh, my God. Well, my number nine, more importantly, my okay. number nine, is that laugh, riot, adventurous film that just is, you know, action-packed. First Cow. First Cow's great. Directed by Kelly Reichert. I don't have any Reichert on my list, um, but I love Shame First Cow. You. First Cow might be my favorite Kelly Reichert movie, too. Uh, it, no, it's no, no, I was wrong. Meek's cut out. Meek's cut off is my favorite Kelly Reichert movie, and that should be on my list. I'm an idiot. Well, I, I'm stressing out about this list now. I, I understand. It's so inadequate. I understand. But, and, I mean, how can Meek's Cutoff not be great? It's got the one, the only, Michelle Williams. Bruce Greenwood. It. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, no, you didn't. Okay. Oh, my God. I guess we, uh, yeah, we don't finish each other's sentences after all. Number eight. Nomadland it's by Chloe Zhao, winner of the Academy Award for Best Picture and Best Director last year. I love Nomadland. Stars Frances McDormand. Uh, who is one of my favorite performers, and um, I She's think this movie's beautiful. She's kind of the best. She's kind of the best. Nomadland, great. I don't care what the contemporary backlash says, and I know that nobody really liked Chloe Zhao's Marvel movie, but Nomadland Whatever. still rules. Uh, my number eight is... Nope, 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 nope. You want to guess? The Babadook. The Babadook by so, Jennifer Kent. So are you... 
I'm going to go out on a wild limb here and say that you've probably got two Jennifer Kent yeah. movies on your yeah. list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, The Babadook is good. It's not on mine. I like The Babadook a lot. We'll talk about the other one here in a minute, I'm sure. Um, really scary movie, really atmospheric movie. And she's a very talented director. Yeah, and I love its references in the new Scream. It's, it, they really hit it over the head uh, with the sort of the, about grief. and New Scream, a film you famously love. Mm, not. Um, what's Dang. your number seven? Uh, Selma from director Ava DuVernay. And I really? kind of had to throw it on there because of sort of a local, um, you know, an Alabama tie, I guess. I really do love Selma, though. Um, I, I was privileged to kind of see it in a very packed house uh, in Atlanta right before it came out. And um, the audience was so into the movie. I mean, just responding to it in all the ways you would hope. Um, I walked out convinced that it would just be the biggest thing ever, and it wasn't. Um, it got a very nice reception when it came out in, I don't know, what was that, 2015, 2016, something like that, but um, right. 2014. But it didn't really set the world on fire for whatever reason. Uh, and I think it's a really excellent film. It's really, really well directed. Um, and uh, there are some sequences in it that are really really harrowing the of course the the bloody sunday bridge crossing or attempted bridge crossing depicted in the film is is um i mean pr troublesome obviously it, it depicts a really horrifying moment in alabama and american history but depicted with a lot of skill and empathy from duvernay who is not a filmmaker i think who's lived up to that promise in right. the last eight years or whatever since that movie came out. But um, I'm always going to be interested in what she does next because of the skill that she showed in Selma. Cool. Well, I'm shocked by that, but, you know, whatever. Um, that, it's right up your alley. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's very serious. Very serious. I'm a very serious man. Uh, my number seven is basically the same film as Selma. It is, uh, we need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I love uh, Lynn Ramsey. Um, I would have gone, I think, for my Lynn, Lynn Ramsey choice, at Morvan Callar, if I had to pick. Fortunately, I don't have to pick because they're both great movies. Yeah. Well, you know. Tilda. Tilda Swinton. She's the best. It is a... It, any, I, I feel like anybody who's... And, and I'm saying this as a non-parent, but I think anybody who's thinking about having children should have to watch We Need to Talk About Kevin before they... You know, make that final decision yeah. to actually be a parent. It is the 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 scene where one one of the most shocking, disturbing, and upsetting scenes in a film ever is when he's how old is he? When he's like he lays down for her to change his diaper. And oh he's like, God! And he's like ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, great um, movie. Great movie. She's love, a great filmmaker too. Love that film, but uh, incredibly difficult film to watch. Yeah. but worthwhile. My number six is a classic documentary from Barbara Koppel called Harlan County, yeah. USA. It's in the canon, dude. One of the best and most important American documentaries um, about a strike in mining country. And it, it's sort of a portrait of a community split by this strike and uh, sort of... Um, Fighting against the man, it's re more relevant than ever. It's it's so good. It's a great film, and it is on every documentary 101 course list for sure. 
I we had our own rules. You didn't repeat directors, and one of my rules was I kept every. This is a, this is a strictly narrative list oh, for me. Gotcha. Um, again, we didn't have to follow each other's rules, and we didn't. But my list is narrative, and um, certainly where women have really been able to kind of make a path for themselves has been in documentary films. So yeah. the list of of incredible films directed by women in the documentary world is a long list, and that is a very different list for me. Yeah, um, I, I, we we should talk about that list one yeah, day. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, is that the only doc on your list? That's the only doc on my list. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I don't know why that is. I could have dug a little deeper there. Well, it's, it's um, kind of hard to mix and match a little bit. It there, is, you know? um, because I had to make room for a couple of the other yeah. important, like, canonical masterpieces on this list. My number six is not going to surprise you at all. My uh -huh. number six is directed by Olivia Wilde. It is Booksmart. Top ten favorite movies of all time directed by women, huh? Yes. Booksmart. Absolutely. Okay. You have a problem with that? Not really. I like that movie a lot, as you know, but like top 10, come on. Yes, top 10. What are 10. we doing? What are we doing here? Top, it's, it's no without a trace, but yes, absolutely. Leave what, no trace, first leave of no all. Leave no trace, whatever. If you're going to come right. for it, it get leaves the damn no trace title with right. Me. Listen, okay. this is the thing. Your list, why does a film have to be super serious to make a top 10 list? It doesn't. <laughs> like, it's already balanced out with First Cow. <laughs> okay, well, fair enough. Like, I, I think you can have, I, part of what causes me to put a film on a list as you are aware, uh -huh. is something I want to watch over and over and over again. Now I say that having just talked about we need to talk about Kevin. And The Nightingale, which is coming up in just a minute just, on your list. Why are you wanting to spoil my list? I'm just saying. like, that, I that would is, watch that time and time again, though. I would. you know, watching, you know, know, Just watch, casual weeknight viewing. Yeah. Hey, let's throw on the Blu-ray of The Nightingale. And, why not? Let's, I mean, you, you, get the, you get the infant shot in the face done with in the first five minutes. So, That's you true. Know, you, got it, you get it behind you. A lot of the grizzliness is out of the way early. The, uh, is it? To make, to make way for <laughs> yet more grizzliness. Um, um, yeah, I think Booksmart is super fun. Yeah, I think it's super smart. It I think it's canonical. I think that it's um, just a great hangout film in addition to being something you could watch alone. So I, I, I don't... I, fuck your criticism of that. <laughs> uh, okay, fair enough. Um, I, I will say that my... my Predominant reaction after walking out of Booksmart was, um, that was really good. I can't wait to see what Olivia Wilde does next. I don't know that I would consider it part of the canon, but we have different canons. Sam, I just, I think that... This is not worthy I, yeah, of fighting. No, it's absolutely... It's just I'm, degrees it's of like. No, no, I it's like not. you love included on your list. I mean, you... You, you know, you, we should just, like, get along. Why can't we just an, get along? Of an eyebrow huh? lift to be like... Okay, all right. Let's just say, you tell know, us what your next one is. Sam, I guess... We'll just argue about just this. Just tell us what your next film is. Uh, a movie that you love and will object to in no way. Um, that's said sarcastically because I know that you're going to object to it. It's also a lot of fun and hilarious and smart and witty. And one of the best films directed by a woman from the past five years is Greta Gerwig's Lady Bird, which we have already fought about. So I don't want to hear it. Okay. okay. Whatever. Great movie. You want to Whatever. talk about I've, belonging in the high school canon? That is so. Uh, that's Lady I Bird just for you. cannot freaking believe that <sighs> you just kind of like tried to at me about Booksmart, and then you went Ladybird. Yeah, I rule. How is that? Uh, mm. You're welcome. Okay. More <laughs> importantly, my number five is speaking of having some fun. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, directed yeah. by Amy Heckerling. Uh, it comes up uh, once or twice on this podcast. Yeah, every it does. Episode. It's an incredible, incredible film. It is one of the greatest high school films of all time. It is also a game-changing high school film because for the first time ever, you saw, like, for example, a, a sex scene that was not comfortable, that was not fun, that wasn't that sort of flipped the uh, 
the perspective a bit um, and, you know, was sort of a, a, a gritty. That's, you, did not, you do not expect that scene in that film. No. There's, I mean, the, the, the film has Just a lot of surprises. For example. Yeah. Yes. I'm and really then, looking forward to rewatching this movie in a couple days yeah, when I get it, my Criterion Blu ray. It deals with abortion, it deals with female friendship. It, uh-huh. it, has, it has a number of layers that I think people don't get from the cover of the thing. It's, it's a lot darker than you would expect. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Great film. Yeah. Um, What's your? Are you on number five too? I can't remember. Number four. Number four. Lady Bird was my number five. I just wanted I, I, to repeat that's it. Why I Do you love it so it. much? I couldn't remember. Uh, my number four is Jane Campion's The Piano. It's a great film. Yeah, I mean, talk about movies that just kind of have to be put up there. Even though I will say, sticking with my one film per director rule, this could have easily been Bright Star, and it could have also been The Power of the Dog. But yeah, the but, Power the, of the Dog but do either one of those have Harvey Keitel D in it? Where's our change jar sound breath? Um, no, Holy Smoke does, though. I could have gone oh, with Holy little, Smoke. Is there some Harvey... I didn't... Is there Harvey Keitel? Everybody's Dan? naked pretty much the entirety of Holy Smoke, I as I recall. That. I thought we only had one opportunity for Harvey Keitel D. No, no. Multiple. I mean, directed by Jane Campion, multiple. And then if we expand it to <laughs> beyond just directed by Jane Campion... Harvey, Yeah, Bad Lieutenant. Like, bad Harvey Keitel's walking around, like, without pants on... That's true. ...for a large God, portion what, what is it? Why can't Harvey career. Keitel just keep his D out of movies? There's your title, Sam. <laughs> Yeah, Women in um, Film Week. Woo! Number four for me. Yep. Are we ready to move yep. on? Uh, I love this film so much. You're, I don't think you're going to... I think you're going to be surprised that it's on this list as high as it is, but it is Promising Young Woman, directed by Emerald uh, Fennell. Yeah, I'm a little surprised that it's as high as it is, but I, I know that you I love, love it. I love this film. It was your favorite film of the year it came out, 2020. And it's sort of... Every time I watch it, I just... It just... It's elevated for me every time. Hmm. I think it's an incredible, incredible film. It's really good. Really surprising stuff. Uh, I really well, you're like going to be movie. mad about my number three. I think. Ooh, I can't wait. Um, I think you're going to be mad about my number three. What is it? Uh, from directors Lily and Lana Wachowski. It is The Matrix from the year 1999. Girl, I'm out of here. One of the best science fiction movies ever made. Uh, and influential in ways that most movies could only dream of being. <laughs> and it holds up. And it's wildly entertaining. And... Olana just made a really excellent sequel to it, The Matrix Resurrections, that came out last year. Do y'all remember when he was getting at me about Booksmart? The Matrix? <laughs> You're coming at me, Lou? The Matrix, it's kind of mid. Whatever, whatever with your whatever. Okay. okay. So my it's number the Matrix. Th- Come on, it's The Matrix. It's the best. My number three is Susan Seidelman's Desperately Seeking Susan. A movie that I have still not seen. What's wrong with you? I, what is wrong with do you? Do you own a copy of it? Can I borrow it? Absolutely. How do you not own that? You, how many, how, what percentage of that Blu-ray library of yours have you not seen? I'd rather not get into it in a yeah. live recording. Oh, it's man. fairly substantial, but I'm working on it. Desperately Seeking Susan is an amazing, amazing film. Yeah. And um, I love so everything I've heard about from it. you. Yeah, it's a really lot. incredible. A uh, lot of, and, and also a lot of fun. What's your, what's your number two? I wonder if we're going to share the same number two here. It my number like two is Portrait might. of a Lady on Fire. So is mine. Hey! Jinx. We did it, everybody. The stars aligned. Rachel and I agree on Celine Siama's Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Rachel, why do you like Portrait of a Lady on Fire so much? What is there not to like about this I mean, moment? that's kind of my answer, it's too. It's gorgeous. It's strange. It's incredibly sweet, but also at the same time has this sort of, uh, I don't know, like 
very realistic edge to it in regards yeah. to the sort of nature of relationships. Um, it has an amazing performance. The direction, how there, I dare somebody to to look at that film and find one moment in that film that is poorly directed or even mediocre direction. It's just exceptional from beginning to end. It has three endings, and all three of them are amazing. I usually don't like that either, but it is, it, it's a, I don't know, it's just incredibly lovely. Yeah. We are so fortunate to have that film be something that's existing in our lifetimes. And guess what? Her next one, Petite Mama, which comes out in April. Oh, it's pro- we've programmed it. It's a masterpiece too! So you guys have to come see that when yeah. it plays here. It's like 72 minutes long, and it's, it just packs so much beauty and emotion into every moment of that runtime. I'm hyping it up. And you're going to see it, and you're going to be like, it was okay. And we're going to fight about it. I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm just, that's an inevitability at this really? point. Really? Uh, I don't know about that. Worst case scenario. Well, Portrait of a Lady on Fire is, has that, it, it does a lot of things it doesn't have to do either. It could just exist at the, at, the, at the place you're at, let's say at the 30 minute mark. But it comes around and does that sort of little, gives you that little bit of a surprise at the end. And, you know, this. I don't know. It's just, it does more than it needs to, and I love that about it. Remember that scene where all the women are around a bonfire and they're chanting and stuff? Yes. It's the best scene that's ever been depicted in a movie, possibly ever. Kathleen's laughing because I say that just about like three times a day. I don't know. This is the best thing I've ever seen. And I know what I'm talking about because I program films for a cinema. So therefore you're right. Yeah. What is your number one? Beau Travai from director Claire Denis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, it's her take on, on Billy Budd, the Herman Melville story. Denis Levant is the um, French legionnaire who becomes jealous, possibly because of his attraction to a new recruit, and um, it ends in despair and sadness, and it's the best. Um, Claire Denis is a director that, that I've only seen a handful of things by recently High Life, uh, her Robert Pattinson movie yeah. didn't set the box office on fire like another recent Robert Pattinson movie where he stars as Batman, but um, you know, no accounting for taste, I suppose. Um, but I, I really like everything I've seen by Denis and Beau Travai is just one of those movies where you watch it and after its genuinely amazing ending, you, you know, it, it sends you out on such a high that you're just like, well, that's that's a new favorite movie immediately. And it just improves the more and more I think about it, the more I see it. Um, and it's, it's excellent. I'd love to see it, in fact, on the big screen at this place one of these days. Oh, I'm sure you will. That does not shock me at all, but that's right. And your number one is obviously... You've already spoiled it. My number one I didn't is, know that it was going to be your number one at the time. Oh, yeah, right. I spoiled you, it. You know that this is number one. Yeah, I, I did um, And I believe it's number one on my top 200 film list, too. I think it's number one, if I'm remembering correctly. Birth was. Oh, birth I think this is. was number two. It's number two. Um, and so it is The Nightingale, directed by Jennifer Kent. That's it. A movie that inspired much discussion when yeah. it screened at the Sidewalk Film Festival in 2019, and then we brought it back for an encore right after we opened the cinema. And it's uh, intense and disturbing and bleak, and um, I just, I just want to hear you talk more about it. No, I don't, I don't have any reason to. Okay. You should see this film if you haven't seen it before. I've talked a lot about it. I feel like, you know, what could I possibly say that hasn't been said about this incredible film? I think it's an incredibly important and incredibly relevant film, even though it's yeah. a period piece. Um, dealing with a lot of still relevant issues about 
sexual violence and colonialism and racism and it's a tough watch. Um, I did, and, I did, and, I did and, buy it on And the patriarchy, right. Corey, you left that part out. Um, it is, and the patriarchy, that's true. I left yeah. that part out because, damn it, I don't want anybody to know about it. That was a little hidden, little hidden thing in, in, in the nightingale. It's a little, little sleight of hand. Like, don't pay attention to all the other stuff, but don't pay attention to my precious patriarchy. It's, um, it, it is a film that is, I've said before, is not, is not built to be liked. It is, mm -mm. it is built to, it is built to destroy you, and it, and it does. So. Yeah. After the second graphic rape scene in the first twenty minutes, I figured that it was not built to be liked. The only thing I'll say about it is when we when we worked with Sundance to uh, program the Sundance Film Festival here in Birmingham during the height of COVID, and we hosted them in a parking lot here, um, as well as in the cinema. That's right. Um, the programming team had sent over a list of like 400 films, and they said, place these 400 films in the order in which you would program them. And one of those films on the 400 list or whatever it was, it's a number, large number of films was a nightingale, and it, it, it ended up number one on that list that I sent back to Sundance, and the programmers were dying laughing, and they're like, <laughs> what? We couldn't wait to get on a Zoom with you to find out who the hell in central Alabama is putting the nightingale as number one on their list of films that you would program, and we were considering that that just probably was something we shouldn't even do here at Sundance. So. Uh, were you on the Zoom call in the programmer's office where you have a I was, poster but it was, of it was the, on the other nightingale side. Yeah, hanging? That, that's, that's a shame. It should have been your prop. Um, yeah, it should have. It should have. Know. Missed opportunity, Corey. Anyway, that's our top ten list. It's ever, mine is ever-changing. Always, always something I'd like to say. Corey's is pretty... I, no, I already feel bad about yeah, mine. You you okay. can, the, like the movies that I left off of it. There are so many great films, of course, directed by women. Um, I mean, Turns just, out. Yeah, how about Turns it? Turns out. I mean, just in recent years... They can like, direct movies. Did you know that? Isn't that crazy? Well, they can, but should they? That's the question. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> look, when you let them direct movies, look what they do. They do things like The Nightingale. Oh, yeah, you got to watch out. Um, no, there, I mean, a lot of great um, emerging film, uh, directors that didn't even come up in this conversation. No, too. completely, um, completely. This, my list overlooks a lot of folks. Um, but, you know, if, if this were a top 200 list, you would, you would see a lot of other things. Um, you'd, see, uh, yeah. you'd just see a little Patty Jenkins. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised for, Monster didn't make your list. I know. Um, Agreed. I, I, I felt bad about leaving off some of the films of uh, Marielle Heller, like Can You Ever Forgive Me, which is a film I really love from a couple of years ago. I even almost put Twilight on there just to get you going. Oh, boy, that would have got going. me going, too. You should have done it. That is a provocation. Oh, enough of that. Well, that's our top ten. Uh, write us at uh, what's the email podcast at sidewalkfest.com to um, admonish us for the films we left off of these lists. Again, I already feel bad about it, so... Make me feel worse. Send us an email. You ready for this next segment? I don't know. What is it? Show me that smile. Show me that show and tell me that smile. So we do a show and tell segment on the He's podcast. He's trying to interrupt my singing. Which is perfect for an audio medium. Uh, but now I that we're here something. in person, you brought something. What'd okay, you bring? are you ready for this? I have to put my mic down for a second. You ready? Okay. So you'll have to describe it as you see it. All right. This came in the mail yesterday. It is a t-shirt that has, what is that, Mariah Carey at a McDonald's? The co-star of Precious. Mariah Carey. Yes. At a McDonald's. What is she doing? She's got sunglasses on. She appears to have a French fry in one hand, and she's making kind of like, what do you want sort of gesture at the camera. Girl, this is my Mariah menu t-shirt. 
from I, back at the holidays. Do you remember me mentioning this to you? No, I have no memory of this. Okay. What? What? This so they needs have, a lot of context. I want you to know what links I want to to get this T-shirt. <laughs> and you're exactly right. That is exactly what's happening on here. You've missed a little kiss mark, a little kissy mark from Mariah. That's here. true. There, there's some graphic elements like a Mariah signature. Uh, the McDonald's logo, a lipstick, a uh, little kiss mark, and um, maybe so a look, Mar- Mariah Carey, the star of Glitter and the co-star of Precious, had a uh, Mariah menu at McDonald's over the holidays. It was like the 12 days of Mariah menu. Seriously? Where you could get a free item, one a day for 12 days, and they were all Mariah Carey's favorite McDonald's menu items from... Uh, egg McMuffin, all the way through to a chocolate chip cookie, to um, fish fillet. She likes a fish fillet, and you could go and you could get the get the item for free. If you it, the whole key was you had to download the McDonald's app. Uh-huh. So you know I download that McDonald's app. Okay, so it worked on me. And then you then you would go to McDonald's and if you were lucky enough, uh-huh. you would be one of a handful of people. And there weren't many of these out there. So watch out eBay. Because you could get this T-shirt was one of your prizes, okay. So I want you to know that that means just if you're if you're doing the math in your head here, I am. I can't just scroll up into a McDonald's at 10 a.m. and get some hotcakes. It you know that's not going to get me this T-shirt. So we, myself and my girlfriend, stayed up, went to McDonald's at 12:01. Of course. Yes, to get this T-shirt. Wow. I just want you to know that. I, thought, I, I, I just assumed this would have been an eBay find, but uh, you, you put the legwork in yourself. The story goes even further. Okay. In my haze of tiredness at 1201, this uh-huh. is a few nights before Christmas, we go to the McDonald's. We both have ordered the free whatever it was. I think at this point it was like a you know, biscuit. We both ordered the free item. She's got her phone out. I've got my phone out. She's checked the size of shirt she wants. I've checked the size of shirt I want. And then you have to complete your order and go through, you know, you could go in the restaurant if they were open, but it was such an ungodly hour, you couldn't even, you know, do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and so anyway, so she uh, clicks through hers and does it successfully. And in my little hazy state, I pushed the wrong button. Oh, no. Yes. So I had to re... <laughs> I had to reorder i think i had to go like to a different phone i had to borrow her other like her work phone because you're only allowed to do this thing once you're only allowed to get the free item once a day so i had to like borrow her work phone which we had to go home to get so just please know that this t-shirt it there's so much effort went into this but how many other mariah carey fans were you fighting to get this well that's an unknown that's an unknown because here's the other thing I thought they were just going to hand me this T-shirt through the window. Sure. But they did not. Mm. No. It goes through the app, and then they mail it to you. And the little email they sent me said, your, your, your T-shirt will get to you in February. And it did not. It's here. It was here yesterday. So wow. clearly that was March. So I've been waiting a long time for this little show-and-tell item, Corey. You well, cannot borrow it. Don't I'm, ask. <laughs> that, well, okay. Never mind then. I, I'm just I'm glad that your hard work paid off. And that you didn't have to, like, fist fight some stoned college student to get that at 12.01 at a McDonald's. Well, I think they did it the right way. Because if it hadn't been through the app, every one of those employees would have had one of these Mariah and, you know, and 
T-shirts in their book bag, I guarantee it. The T-shirt that should rightfully be yours. That's right. Okay. And it well. is. And it is. I've earned this. Well, Show I'm, me <laughs> that smile. Show me that smile. Show and tell me that smile. Thank you so much for listening to Side Talks Live. We're your own personal cinematic sparkle motion and the plastics aka santa's helpers it, so the uh that's that's the mean mean girls and donnie darko that's the, right the that's the little groups. dance things and from both of them that's a pretty good one i think yeah that's a good one would you be sparkle motion or would you think you're santa's helpers that's tough because sparkle motion are a bunch of like little girls yeah dancing however to duran duran and no, no, notorious. Then the the plastics are dancing to some like Santa baby thing, right? Yeah, that's right. But the plastics also have Rachel McAdams. So you're, I knew it. I knew it was going to be a, a Rachel McAdams. I I would argue though that man, Sparkle Motion, they're more committed. They've got those moves. Those down. little girls have some moves. The I mean, little girl dance troupe. Yeah. Let's remember that that don't Santa's helpers like kick the. the yeah, they the, don't really have much. They, they don't, don't really have much going on for them. No. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna go with Sparkle. That's Motion. okay. I'm That's satisfied. I'm, I'm satisfied ending up being the, okay. the the Santa's helpers there. Well, thank you to our live studio audience for being here at Women in Film Week to watch us. I don't know what we're doing anymore. We're unfold Mariah T-shirts and. Yeah, this is a this is a great live pa- podcast right, right, recording. Okay. Also, if you're listening to this after the fact and you didn't manage to make it out to our live recording today, and that is most of you, um, we're going to do this again. <laughs> we're going to do this again very soon. We're going to do it before the Academy Awards on March 27th, Sunday, March 27th. At least That'll that's the fun. plan. I don't want to speak for Brad, but I think that is the That'll plan. Be fun. Um, so come out and hear us do a live show before the red carpet begins. I'm going to throw be out all some pumped up on Revelator ridiculously coffee difficult and Oscar trivia from from Oscar Oscar fueled testosterone. I'm going to be so hyped up. He can't if and wait when for West Side Story wins you, anything. I'm going to be win, so Corey? such an aggro West Side Story guy. Like just the energy you've brought to drive my car. Yeah, the, the, uh, a gentle and quiet three-hour Japanese and, drama. And he's like, what? I'm, I'm and we're getting car emojis. He's like, about. yes, yes. motherfuckers. <laughs> and I'm like, this is more energy than this film has I did, ever had I did put here. on Slack the morning of the vroom, Oscar vroom. nominations. Drive my car, best picture nomination, vroom, vroom, motherfuckers, all in caps. Yes, I did do that. Woo. I was really excited for that. And Even I'm the director is it, not that excited about this film. He... Yeah, he's probably not. He's probably like a chill Japanese dude. So join us because Corey's bound to, I don't know, blow a gasket. I mean, look. if He's going to sling a rod. When, when Parasite won Best Picture <laughs> and we had that on the big screen here, I did run around like a crazy person. Parasite um, won. Parasite won. Yeah. I did high five you on that. Yeah, because it was, it was awesome. And so if and when, let's say, Jane Campion pulls off the Best Director win this That'd year. That'd be very cool. Which is going to, yeah, I think it's going to happen. And she'll be the first female director am i correct to say this am i am i she will be she will be the third woman to win best director but she is already the first woman to ever be nominated for best director twice Twice. okay that's what it is first woman to be nominated insane but so what what record will she what will there be a record if she wins twice what record will that be then well she she's 
didn't win for the piano. That's the only time she, she was, was nominated. In, she was just nominated. Okay. Um, that was the year that she should have uh, won. Old Steven Spielberg won that year for Schindler's List. She should have won. Kind of one of those undeniable things. Yeah, I mean the Academy's just going to give that to him, but she should have won. We could argue that, that was the first time Spielberg won an Oscar for Best Director. Who cares? Though, so, I mean, he's the best director who's ever lived. Oh. I care, kind of. Oh, boy. West Side Story, though. Woo! Great movie. Anyway, uh, thanks to Batwell Studios for producing. Uh, I'm going to let Corey take thanks it from here. For Revela- thanks to Revelator Coffee, our sponsor, for caffeinating me, which I desperately need <laughs> pretty much constantly. Um, sidewalkfest.com or at Sidewalk Film on social media is where you can find all the stuff we're doing here at the cinema. In the next few weeks, we've got some exciting stuff coming up, so check out those sources and come see a movie with us you have anything to add i told you i was done i was done at the spielberg tap dance thing we still have another episode to record we'll see how it goes so i hope you're not completely done all right thanks everybody bye batwell studios podcast division your words our expertise